Hello and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast. My name is John. Joining me tonight is Ryan. Hello. And uh, we are here to talk all about Ben Solo slash Kylo Ren. Um, we've been talking about where um, Kylo Ren or Ben Solo, uh, depending on how we'll refer to him or how we are referring to him. I think we'll refer to him as both tonight, depending on what kind of mm. conversation we're having. But anyway, we've been talking for a while about what's going to happen with uh, with this character, this incredibly interesting character in Episode Nine, Star Wars Episode Nine. So um, it's been uh, something I've been mulling over all summer, and Episode Nine is in production now. Um, whatever's going to happen with Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, it's happening. They're filming it now. And, uh, yeah, we just, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to get together. <laughs> just got hit in the face with a cat tail. Oh, uh, what a cat tail. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to, uh, kind of explore the possibilities of what might happen with Kylo Ren, where that character might go in episode nine. Yeah, I feel like there's just a lot of talk around this subject uh, lately within the Star Wars fandom, you know, leading up to episode nine. And I just think um, like these sort of podcasts and think pieces like we're definitely seeing like a a definite Kylo renaissance. You just wanted to probably squeeze that in one way or another uh, mm -hmm. early in the episode. Just say Kylo uh -huh. renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm impressed. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, yeah it's I also think true, though. There is a lot of discussion around it. <laughs> sure, sure. And I think just a ton of speculation about episode nine, too. Everybody's mm -hmm. um, pretty excited. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun um, to consider the possibilities of uh, where the Star Wars saga might be headed. So I think a lot of people are just, you know, um, considering that, talking about that these days. And um, this might be the last time for a while that we get to consider things in this way um with this being the end the announced conclusion of the star wars saga um and then we're probably gonna be skywalker looking skywalker saga this guy well yeah okay yeah the skywalker saga you're correct yeah um but it's gonna be a while before we're as attached to a group of characters as we are um these new characters i think to to where we'd be speculating about their conclusions and things like this so uh, i'm enjoying it yeah yeah but I think um, as much as I do love Ray, Ray is uh, incredible. And sometimes I think my favorite Star Wars character, I, I do think Kylo Ren is probably the most um, complex and mm -hmm. uh, the most interesting character to kind of uh, contemplate where he's headed. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought we should start out by talking about who is Kylo Ren, you know, kind of um, mm -hmm. break down the character a little bit and then jump into sort of where we think um, that character might go. Um, I think specifically the uh, pros and cons of redemption. Yeah. In episode uh, or, nine. You know, redemption, you know, if you want to go that way. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess we've already led with the fact that uh, Kylo is this super complex and, and rich character, um, mm -hmm. but he's also the primary antagonist of this, sequel trilogy and i think if we compare him to the other antagonists in star wars films he is for sure you know the most complex villain in my mind of mm -hmm. uh of all the star wars villains um and i guess by that i mean that he's not necessarily sort of all in on being evil in the way that snoke or Pal uh, palpatine are um you know so if you kind of look at palpatine as the as the overriding kind of um, mastermind villain of really the first six star wars movies Mm -hmm. He's he's a super interesting character. He's not that complex. He's 
pretty much just evil, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and Palp- uh, I'm sorry, Snoke, uh, I think very much just needed to fill that role as well. He's just evil. Um, so uh, I think for Kylo Ren, we have a closer analog in the character of Darth Vader, right? And uh, they share blood. Um, Kylo Ren really wants to be uh, Darth Vader in a lot of ways, or at least that's how he was presented to us in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it's interesting because in The Last Jedi, we don't necessarily get that impression quite as much. No. Um, but it's like two days later, so <laughs> I don't know. That, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wish he would have gone back and talked to the helmet again. <laughs> For continuity's well, <laughs> purposes, like, is he still talking to the helmet? Did he stop? Is he over it? Was that a phase? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, and Snoke addresses the fact that, um, you I guess know, the helmet of, got blown up. Darth Vader's helmet. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You mean potentially, like, right? Because it, it was on Star Killer Base, right? Well, no, I think it would have been on the finalizer. Wasn't that the name of um, that that Star Destroyer that Kylo was on? Okay. Because when he interrogates Ray, yeah. that's on the finalizer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I believe. But it's did finalizer. that get blown up too? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. That that's possible. I'm not sure. Um I, yeah, I don't know if the mask is still around or not, but 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 Snoke does uh mention um that uh you know he kind of one of the reasons he values Kylo Ren is that he's he's potentially a new Vader. Mm-hmm. Um so you know that's that's someone he's he, he lived he's obviously lived in the shadow of this Skywalker legacy his entire life and uh, I don't think we need to point out that um, Leia and, and Han are his parents and Lucas, his uncle, and um, Darth Vader is his grandfather. So he's lived in this legacy um, his entire life. And, um, you know, I think he he wants to be the villain that Darth Vader is in his mind, I assume. Um, but then I think for us as an audience, like who Kylo Ren is, is actually closer to the villain that we know Vader to be, you know, complex uh, I don't think as complex as, as Kylo Ren, but complex in the sense that there was, you know, he was a, a well-meaning, good-hearted character uh, until he wasn't anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people see that potential in in Ben Solo and or Kylo Ren uh, as well. Um, but I think, like, if, if, you, if, if we talk about Vader as a complex character, you know, because we led with this statement that, like, hey, Kylo is the most complex villain in, in all of Star Wars. Um I'm sure some people would take issue with that and think sort of like, well, what about Darth Vader? You know, mm-hmm. Darth Vader started out as this, this good hearted kid. And then you see his, his fall to the dark side and he turns to the dark side and then he's redeemed in the end. I mean, there's, there, there's complexity there for sure. Um, but, uh, I kind of feel like it's just sort of like almost two different characters. Um, like good guy, Anakin, and then like that light, sli- light switch flips. And then he becomes, you know, evil Darth Vader. And then, yeah, like, somehow that switch just flips again in the end. Um, so, I don't know. I feel like Kylo is constantly wrestling with this complex um, sort of indecision about who he is in a way that, that Anakin and or Darth Vader didn't as much. Where do, where do you fall on as, that? As much, but I still think there's, like, a lot of great, um, you know, tense scenes um, before... Anakin becomes Vader, like in episode two and episode three, like, you know, there's the scene right at the beginning of episode two where he's 
you know, arguing with Obi-Wan um, at like Padme's place. And then there's like, you know, what he does to the Tusken Raiders and um, where you get like these flashes of like, whoa, this, this guy's not all there or like is kind of out of control sometimes or is like has these emotions that like really shock you and there's you know some of that in um like i think the conversations that anakin has with um palpatine in episode three um i think are like really you can like just see him like wavering and i think like that's super interesting but i think that's about as like that is the peak of complexity for Darth Vader. I mean, I think even like, you know, throwing the emperor down the shaft is more of just like a that's like a saving his son gesture, like I mean, that's more tangible, I think. Um, but I think like there are those moments in episodes 2 and 3 that are I think are like really well done by Hayden Christensen like see like seeing him like pulled in these directions yeah I 100% agree um I mean especially if you include the Clone Wars um uh animated show in, in the um prequel era version of Anakin you know um there's a lot there and there is complexity uh and and, and I agree I, I think um Hayden is great in 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 episode two and three but um, I don't know. It's hard for me because I, I feel like the original trilogy is the original trilogy and Darth Vader is Darth Vader in that original yeah. trilogy. And that is the story of Darth Vader at that time. And then, you know, George went back and, and, and filled that in and, and added mm-hmm. layers to it and stuff. But like Darth Vader really is that villain that you see in episode four five and six. And it's like retroactively, they went back and then created this character of Anakin that really mm-hmm. didn't, for all intents and purposes, didn't exist before, you know? And so I feel like Anakin is complex in the prequels and in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. But then in, in the original trilogy, Darth Vader himself, that villain. Is sure. Kind of, and, and, yeah. and, you know, it's an academic exercise to a certain extent to say like, well, does that count? Because it came 20 years later and whatever. <laughs> I mean, it, it counts, of course. Yeah. But I just think that um, that that Darth Vader as a character, um, if you're viewing, you know, him as the villain of the original trilogy is not the totally one-dimensional villain that uh that palpatine is but he's not on the level of kylo ren in terms of you know being someone who's wrestling between you know with all this conflict within him yeah Um, and they certainly they certainly um uh added depth to that character as those three movies went on um Mm-hmm. There's there's great shots of him in Return of the Jedi, kind of like looking out the the window on that bridge, you know, on Endor, and it's like, oh, what was he thinking about? You know, there's yeah, there's something there. But in any case, I think that that Kylo um, has definitely more more of that complexity. So yeah, uh, there's a couple uh, quotes that I pulled um, uh, from Adam Driver and J.J. Uh, Abrams that I wanted to uh, talk about uh, real quick here. Um, in terms of what makes Kylo tick, I guess you'd say, uh, I think one of the key things that we don't necessarily talk about that much, but I think is, is, uh, you know, sort of super important to the genesis of that character is a feeling of abandonment from his parents and betrayal from Luke and, um, a pressure and legacy of his family name. So, uh, there's this quote here from Adam driver. Um, 
in which he states, I think the idea of someone whose parents are very much devoted to the cause, that's something a lot of people could relate to, whether it be religion or politics or business, not identifying with that cause yourself, I think can give someone a complex. Um, so there he's talking about the, the, the complex that, that the character of Ben Solo, uh, Kylo Ren may have developed as a result of his parents sort of being of the era of the rebellion and him as a character, not feeling devoted to that and feeling like that's what his parents truly loved, maybe more than him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's really compelling. Um, and then, uh, Adam driver also says, imagine the stakes for him in his youth, having all these special powers and having your parents absent during that process on their own agendas equally as selfish. He's lost in the world he was raised in and feels he was kind of abandoned by the people he was closest with. Um, it does echo Anakin uh, a little bit, but only kind of retroactively, like I was saying, you know, um, I don't mm -hmm. think that's really part of the 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 primary colors of, of the, the Darth Vader character. Right, right. You're not thinking about Shmi when you see Empire Strikes Back in the theater in 1980. Yeah, and really, not, I don't really think about Shmi too much when I watch Empire Strikes <laughs> Back now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I love the way that six-part story is comes together but mm -hmm. uh, it's also two separate series of films in a lot of ways um, yeah last last quote here is uh is jj saying that um these parents had a target for a son and that snoke was watching but han and leah weren't uh, around enough to know um mm. so with those kind of quotes you know and uh and what we know about kylo ren i feel like this is someone who is full of potential has the weight of this legacy uh, on his back and is also the target of this evil supervillain in Supreme Leader Snoke. So mm -hmm. all those things coming together, um, you know, the the uh, the deck is is sort of stacked against him in terms of uh, in, in terms of, um, you know, his ability to kind of remain on the right side of the fight and, and, and make good choices and all that stuff. So um, I guess I, I just wanted to establish that and talk about that mm -hmm. before we kind of jump into what we think is going to happen with Kylo uh, sort of going forward. So I don't know any last thoughts, Ryan on, uh, on who Kylo is or, or sort of like how we should define that character. No, I mean, I think, uh, things, as, I mean, in the last Jedi in particular, like the first, um, you know, hour and a half of that movie, um, you know, I think really nails a lot of the complexity of, Kylo Ren, and by the time we got to the throne room scene, like, the first time I watched that movie in the theater, I was, like, I thought, like, there was, like, a 50-50 chance in my mind that he was going to turn right there. Yeah. Like, that because they had, like, you know, they made strong cases either way. Like, I mean, I guess through that entire scene, like, you know, he ends up killing Snoke right there, but God, like, he could have killed Ray. Like, I could have seen that happening. I also could have seen him, like, team, like, teaming up with Ray beyond just fighting the, the guards. Like, it, anything could have happened there because, like, he was such an, like, unknown quantity, um, up to that point. But then I think, um, you know, at, uh, you know, following the throne room scene and, like, what he says and the choices he makes, then, like, my, at this point, my 
thoughts on him have pretty much solidified. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the initial viewing of The Last Jedi was thrilling because there was so there was such a feeling of like, I have no idea where a lot of this is going to go and how mm-hmm. this is all going to shake out. And, uh, you know, I, I guess that does speak to uh, that certainly speaks to the complexity of that character, um, feeling that there is the possibility. Um, although I think Ryan Johnson just set that movie up in such a way that, uh, you know, it felt like anything was possible too. So mm-hmm. that's a big part of it. All right. Um, so we alluded to it earlier, but uh, mm-hmm. obviously I feel like, you know, um, no one or very few people in the world really know what's going to happen with Kylo um, or the rest of the uh, cast of characters in episode nine. Um, but definitely, you know, the, the kind of question leading into this ostensibly potentially final film featuring that character is, is Kylo redeemed? Um, does he turn back to the light side, etc.? Or um, does he continue dark uh, down a dark path and probably uh, meet his fate in episode nine? Um, so I kind of want to talk about both of those things. I, mm-hmm. I I don't know. The more I think about it, I'm not positive kind of where I stand on this issue. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I kind of feel like that's maybe, at least for me, the best place to be going in episode nine. I don't really want to feel like, you know, hell bent either way. Like he must be redeemed or he, you know, he must die or he must be punished or whatever. I kind of want to be open to whatever it's going to be, but, uh, yeah, I've definitely been leaning one direction over the other <laughs> over uh-huh. the past, you know, year, eight, you know, six months or whatever you want to say, 18 months, uh-huh. you know, whatever. But, um, anyway, why don't we talk about the case <laughs> for redemption first? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so one of the reasons we decided to do this episode is because our friend Kevin, um, you know, frequent contributors to the Blockade Runner, um, has been or had been texting us and sort of one of the things he he floated out there is what if Ray dies to save Kylo and that leads to his redemption? Um, it's certainly an interesting um, hypothesis or an interesting way the story could go. Um, my my feeling was um, what if they don't do that? You know, like I don't want to see ray die at all and i certainly don't want to see the most wonderful inspiring hopeful um pure character that i can think of in star wars even more so than luke skywalker die to save someone like kylo ren um what do you think about that ryan uh yeah hard pass on that um from me i think like I mean, just looking beyond Star Wars, like into, you know, the reflection into like our world, like a wonderful woman dying to in order to save like this really toxic dude is just like too depressing for me to think of in 2018. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I've got to, I've got to agree with you there. And Um, like, and I mean, I have, I have some thoughts on like redemption and like being pro redemption. Like I don't, I don't think I could stomach that happening. Like it would, it just, it feels very 
wrong to me. And maybe like Kevin has a different vision of it, but like what I'm picturing, like it's, it's basically like the, like an even grosser version of, um, you know, girlfriends getting fridged. Like when, you know, a, a woman has to die to like, you know, make a man do the right thing. Like, um, like that term that, you know, has come up in, in media a lot, um, either to get their revenge or to, you know, just do the right thing. Like, I don't, I think that's like a really bad trope that needs to be avoided. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, and, 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 you know, um, Kevin is not the kind of person who would uh, really be in favor of that sort of thing either. No, I, I think um, that text came about from him basically because we're in that era where it's fun to speculate on all the different avenues a story could go down, you know, mm-hmm. and it's fun to imagine shocking scenarios in a Star Wars movie. Um, especially mm-hmm. one that concludes a trilogy and an entire saga like this. So I think that's where the merit in that idea comes from is like, uh, wow, you know, Ray has been positioned as the heroine or the, or the protagonist of this saga, which I think she is. Um, mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be a twist and a shock um, for it to go that route? But the problem with um, concluding a, a, a story that's so important to so many people and a story that I think is really meaningful with something really shocking for the sake of being really shocking is that, you know, in the long run, as you just described, that doesn't hold up, right? It doesn't hold up for reasons of um, kind of social um, implications. Um, and it also doesn't hold up just because it's it's something that, that, that works in the short term. But I just feel like in the long term, it's like, like you said, it's, it's Ray is far too important and, and too incredible, I feel like, to, uh, to sacrifice in that way and for that reason. So. Yeah, for that reason, like, I mean, there's, like, obviously, I want Ray to survive this. I want, like, more Ray stories down the road. I want, you know, <laughs> I want a, a Last Jedi 30 years from now starring Ray. <laughs> like, I, I want all of that. But, um, you know, I'm also, like, I wouldn't swear off Star Wars if... Um, you know, if she did die in um, in this movie, that's not what I want. But like, it's not like a total deal breaker or anything for me. Um, but if like her dying just for like Kylo to save face, like he's he is not worth it. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to the next one then. Uh, this is another thing I think is uh, uh, an argument, in, you know, for, in favor of the case of redemption here for Kylo mm-hmm. Ren. Both JJ and Ryan have clearly chosen to show us cracks in his motivation and in his capacity for evil. Um, I don't think that's something that you know those of us who really want to watch these movies like twenty times, you know, in a year and pick them apart to death and stuff. It's it's not only that people like us are finding that. It's that that stuff is clearly there intentionally mm-hmm. for broad audiences to see, you know, um, and there's multiple examples of this, like his plea to Vader to help him fight the pole to the light being the most explicit one um, mm-hmm. within probably what, 45 minutes of us meeting this new villain, Kylo yeah. Ren, 
he's sitting there saying like, hey, Darth Vader, I identify with you. And as an audience, we're thinking to ourselves, well, yeah, but Darth Vader turned out to be not that bad. Uh, I mean, he turned mm-hmm. back to the good side, you know? So like he's associating himself with this character who we know will turn back in the end. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, not only that, he's stating like, I kind of want to turn good again, right? In the beginning, you know, like when we yeah. initially introduced to this character. So I guess it's sort of one of those situations where it's like, why would both JJ and Ryan do that? Um, why both kind of show us that this guy isn't necessarily so evil uh, in his heart or at his core if that's not a direction they're going to go down, in, you know, in the long term. He's also hesitant to kill Han. He refuses to kill Leia, um, I think you can say in The Last Jedi. And I mean, his hesitance to kill Han, um, you know, Snoke calls him on it in the throne room. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he, he, you know, you're like, you're, you're being torn apart by this. Like, you're not balanced. What I was expecting as like an um, apprentice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and then he, and he has this clear fondness for Ray. He cares about her on some level. Um, and all that stuff just speaks to a character who, um, just doesn't seem, you know, to be pure evil. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 I guess like one answer to that question is why demonstrate those things in Kylo Ren if he's going to remain evil is mm-hmm. that it makes him a complex villain. It makes him a villain that has layers and depth and is not mm-hmm. one dimensional. So I think you can answer the question that way, but I think you can also answer the question um, by sort of saying, because in the end he won't be evil, you know? Um, and so if he is going mm-hmm. to, turn back or sacrifice himself or, you know, sort of demonstrate his value (laughs) to the good guys in episode nine um, without any indication that that would happen without any buildup towards that in these first two movies. Maybe that's a lot tougher to, to swallow and accept, you know? Um, And at that point it might just feel like a sort of a move for the sake of shocking the audience. Like we were talking about, you know, before, Mm -hmm. And when, if he does turn back, if he is redeemed, we don't want it to feel that way. We want it to feel like something that's been uh, in development all along, I think. Yeah. Yep. So um, another sort of argument for the case of redemption is the fact that uh, episode nine was supposed to be Leia's movie. Um, If, if Carrie Fisher were still with us and um, you know, she was going to be, yeah, as prominently featured as as uh, Harrison Ford or Mark Hamill were in the first two um, sequel movies. So I don't know. Walk me through this because to me, it's hard to believe they would have written that movie around her, episode nine around her. And it just ends with her watching her son die or knowing her son dies and knowing her son was just pure evil. And you know what I mean? There was no redemption. Yeah. For that, that is a tough pill to swallow, I think, as well. Um, but I think that also would... Like, I think she could do that and it would just show like how strong she is like because she's pretty much accepted it, you know, in episodes seven and eight, like, you know, and I'm sure like by the time he kills Han Solo, like, I mean, I'm sure she like wishes it was a different outcome, but I think she could like weather that storm. I, yeah, I'm I'm thinking less in the context of the movie itself, like, and more 
from a production standpoint, I guess you'd say, you know what I mean? If I'm the powers that be at Lucasfilm and I am thinking to myself, I really want to center this movie around uh, this character of Leia. Um, it just seems like an odd, it just seems like an odd place to end up. Like, let's make the last movie, the Leia movie, knowing that, you know, um, it's just going to be pain and suffering for her in the end kind of thing, I guess is what I'm thinking. I do think Leia is a character um, who would be able to handle it, as you said, for sure. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's just hard to, I don't know. For me, it's hard to imagine that they would do that. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I also think it's interesting to, to look at the end of um, episode eight and uh, the way um, Leia sort of says, you know, I know my son is gone. Um, because it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, you look at the end of, or the, you know, the, the final act of the force awakens and, and Han sort of says, I know he's gone, you know? Um, but then when he walks out on that bridge, it's like, well, he believes maybe that's not the case. Um, and, and Luke, I, I think kind of vacillates between like, there's no redemption for Kylo Ren and maybe that's not the case. I mean, we see that when he's standing there with that lightsaber extended uh, about to murder him. It's like, mm -hmm. this guy is pure evil. I need to kill him. And wait a minute, I, this is not me. And also maybe it's not the only option. Um, mm -hmm. And then with Leia too, it's like, she says to Luke, um, you know, I know my son is gone, but then Luke is there to say, no one's ever really gone. And then uh, at the end of the movie, it's like Leia is, is hopeful again. And she doesn't address like, Kylo Ren and his status or anything like that. But I, I do think she's a little more fatalistic in that moment with Luke. And then Luke inspires her and Ray inspires her and Poe Dameron inspires her. And it's like, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. I think that might've been a low point for her when she made that claim. And I don't know if that's totally indicative of, of uh, who she is. Cause you, you figure like what 48 hours earlier, maybe she, she realized her, her son killed her husband and it's, it's a <laughs> lot to deal with there, but I don't know that that would have been her, like her the place that she ultimately landed on that issue but yep i don't know okay a huge one um kylo's story or, or i'm sorry this story episode nine is likely to end the skywalker saga and i watched the last jedi ryan i think this is what you were stating earlier like i came out of that movie thinking look he had the chance to be redeemed he refused it he's pure evil not pure evil because he's more complex than that, mm -hmm. but he, he has chosen the dark side. He has chosen to anoint himself the Supreme leader of the first order. We've dealt with the whole redemption thing in this movie. We're going to deal with other things in episode nine. I still basically feel that way. But then I say to myself, this is the conclusion of the Skywalker saga. Does this nine part series really end with the last Skywalker just choosing to be evil and in dying that way? Mm hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it seems like it just seems <laughs> like no. It seems like they they wouldn't do that. It just doesn't seem like the appropriate way to end this series of films. Yeah. Um. So that's I think a pretty strong argument in the case of redemption as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think we'll probably like get into this when we share like our final thoughts. But um, there's different levels of redemption. Yeah, that's true. That like. True. There's like, um, you know, like there's Raylo redemption. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, there's like Kylo, like joining the resistance and fighting Hux redemption. <laughs> there's like dude about to die and calls off 
some first order stormtroopers that are about to kill Poe Dameron or something. Redemption. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of a lot of levels. I don't think it's like just like this clear, like, oh, now he's a hero now type thing. Um, or like, no, he just like he just goes out an asshole. <laughs> like, wow, I'm glad that guy died. Um I don't know. I think there's like layer levels of oh, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Okay. Um, a quote here from, I got a couple quotes from Adam driver and Ryan Johnson to sort of wrap mm-hmm. up the case for redemption here. Uh, Adam driver indicates there's hope when he states from his perspective, what he's done is hopeful. If anything, he has justice. I think he's surprised by how he would feel after Han Solo. He's hoping for hope. He's hoping for clarity. Um, I guess Adam Driver's kind of looking at this character a little differently, maybe than than like I usually am or mm-hmm. we usually are. Um, but I think when he states this, from his perspective, what he's done is hopeful. He means um, the choice to to kill Han Solo. Um, hopeful in the sense that afterwards he didn't think he'd feel um, anything for his father, um, and now that he does, he's hoping for hope. He's hoping for clarity. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or maybe just the choice to kill him. He's hoping that that will make him feel hopeful. It's a confusing comment, I feel yeah. like. Um, <laughs> but in any case, I, I think the, the 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 thing to focus on there is he's hoping for hope. So, um, you know, uh, Adam Driver. And, and probably when he made that comment, he had no idea what was going to happen with Kylo in episode nine. I don't, I don't know that he mm-hmm. would have known that at the time anyway. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good for Adam Driver, you know, if he's the one playing the character to identify with him and, and hope for hope for him. So maybe that's all there is to it. But, uh, he says, um, also about Kylo, anybody that's committed to anything at a certain point in their life, you kind of constantly question why you got into it in the first place. Um, and, and I think that's something that could be a crack in the kind of armor or whatever of, of Kylo's evilness is, is him questioning, like, especially with Snoke gone now and with Snoke not there to manipulate him anymore. Like, why am I doing this? Um, Mm. I think some people believe, and, and it makes sense to me that now that he is the supreme leader of the first order, he'll kind of look around and say, "Like, well, this isn't bring me any satisfaction. This isn't really what I wanted, anyway." You know, um, so I think that's a possibility too. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, this quote from Ryan Johnson. Uh, Ryan Johnson states that uh, there's a big part of the story yet to be written, and not by me. But I don't think it's very interesting if the whole story is just will Kylo get his comeuppance. He's a more complicated character than that, and I think he deserves a more complicated story than that. I don't see the point of trying to get behind his mask and learn more about him if all we're going to learn is yeah, he's just an evil bad guy that needs to be killed. Uh, and I think that's a good point. I mean, like we kind of led this episode by saying Kylo seems, you know, from our perspective to be the most complex villain ever mm-hmm. in star Wars. And what's the point of building this complexity in the character? If in the end he turns out to sort of be exactly what the other villains were, which is a bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. That makes some sense to me. Uh, I can also see the value in creating complex villains for the sake of making them complex. You've yep. kind of like responded to my bullet point here, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I think this is something we, um, we see a, a lot in media, we see, um, you know, these attempts to make villains complex. And then, like, by the end, like, they're just in like a shootout with the good guy. 
um you know it it happens all the time in you know movies books video games whatever um you know you you're there's like points where you're like oh yeah that, that dude's making a pretty good point maybe he's not the villain oh wait he just did this like super evil thing and then it's like well now you're just gonna kill him um and like and that happens um you know and i think like i appreciate like ryan seeing that and like being like no i think we can do better than that um which i think they're like already on on the path to but um you know i also kind of like what i wrote here was you know i think a villain can be complex and compelling and honestly perhaps should be especially in like a long form piece of storytelling like a three movie um you know epic um but you know at the end of the day like they're still awful like um and i think this kind of you know kind of goes with what you said about um you know complex villains are just more interesting than i mean it's the same thing with complex protagonists like it's it's more interesting when you get heroes who aren't just always like 100% pure um or who like grapple with like doing good things and um you know that's just that's more compelling storytelling um in a lot of cases but there's also you know value in like simpler um painting in like you know simpler shades but um you know i think about like all the different um like you know there's like serial killers and mob bosses and that's like something that like as a culture in america we're like obsessed with like we love scarface and you know we love in real life like where people are fascinated by charles manson and like read books about him and like you know we're always like oh what happened to him like in jail type of thing but then at the end of the day like people are com like compelled and interested in that but like i don't think anyone is like wow he's just like he's so man's is just so interesting like we should just let him let him free <laughs> like let just let him go like man this guy's got a lot going on yeah like that's awesome like just man <laughs> yeah yeah well i think this point is a good bridge from the case for redemption <laughs> to the case the case against it but uh i think just to to kind of uh, argue in favor of of ryan's point or, or sort of um i guess empathize with ryan's point i think like i said about adam driver's comment too i think it's really good to have people like adam driver and ryan johnson who are um, responsible for shaping the character to mm -hmm. feel like they can empathize with him and feel like they can view him as a human being instead of just like a you know super villain type thing uh, mm -hmm. I don't think that necessarily means that he has to be redeemed, though, or that he has to, you know, sort of, you know, cross that bridge back to being uh, a more admirable character or whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. um, I think it just means that, you know, potentially it just means, like you said, it's going to be more uh, a more interesting character, et cetera. Like Finn, I like Finn more because he tries to run away twice from the resistance and then mm -hmm. ultimately joins it. Um, 
but he was a he was a heroic character always who had you know complexity and uh in conflict and difficulties um but i don't need him to switch sides either i i think you know it kind of makes sense for him to stay where he is so yeah um, i mean finn is an interesting character because he's kind of like the reverse um you know where we meet him at the beginning of force awakens yeah like he's on the bad side but then he does actually switch and so like there is um you know the question of like you know like how how much has he like um you know bolstered the first order war machine like how how much has he really like helped them out like i wonder if like if we got that story if we'd view finn differently mm. um yeah. like because who knows he may have done some heinous stuff at some point it may not have been like killing a village of like innocent civilians but you know he could have been involved in like a like a bomber raid or you know who knows yeah i don't know i mean that that before the awakening book i think um tries pretty hard to to paint finn as somebody who had really never been on any mission until he you know went down to jakku village it, it, or uh um, yeah it's not Jakku village, but the village on Jakku, <laughs> um, there is a name for that village and it's slipping my mind right now. But, mm. um, anyway, um, yeah. but you know, I feel like that, that's also something that that's a book that was written after the force awakens was probably filmed. You know what I mean? And it's like, they could always go back on that. I'm, I think for sure if they felt the need, you know, that they wanted to. So, yeah, I mean, he could have contributed to the war effort in other ways, like non hands-on ways, like, you know, yeah. he was like such a great soldier, like maybe his, you know, patterns and stuff are being used to train other soldiers and yeah. like, who knows? Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's talk about the case against redemption. Uh, sure. In, in some of the specific points that we have uh, kind of uh, written down here, the first one, I think, the biggest one to me, and like we're recording this, what eight months after, nine months after um, the last Jedi came out. Mm -hmm. You know, sort of where I'm at with whether or not Kylo is going to be redeemed is based on how I felt that movie kind of left things, and. I had a very strong feeling after watching The Last Jedi a couple times that um, that movie is the one that sort of is exploring this concept of like, will Kylo be redeemed? Will he not? I think the similarities in terms of setting and, and you know, structure to the throne room in Return of the Jedi <laughs> and throne room in The Last Jedi is like, hey, here's his throne room moment. And we watch him choose not to accept it in terms of redemption. Anyway, we mm. watch him choose not to do that. Um, and I think there's a bunch of stuff going on here. Like, first of all, Snoke is the person who corrupted him and controlled him. Um, and, and I hear that a lot in terms of people who are in favor of, of Kylo Ren being redeemed is like, well, he didn't even really want to be evil. He didn't want to do all these things. It was Snoke manipulating him, but mm -hmm. he finds the, the strength inside himself to overcome Snoke 
And his reaction to it is to say, but I'm still not going to go the other way. And to me, that that just demonstrates that even if Snoke is the one that kind of set him on this path, to me, he's on it now, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just Snoke holding him there and tricking him into being on it. That could be the genesis of it. It could be how he got there. And again, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. In the same way that, you know, Vader spent two decades being a homicidal maniac, you know? Um, and we can watch the prequel movies and see sort of what led to that occurring. Mm-hmm. But in the end, that's what he did. He, he did those things, you know? He lived that life. He became mm-hmm. that person. Um, and I don't think you can explain it all the way by saying, well, Palpatine tricked him and the Jedi weren't there for him. You know, that doesn't erase what he did in any way or who he became. Um, yeah. in this case, Kylo did erase the person who did this to him and still chose to be that guy. Uh, I think, you know, um, and, and I don't think it's an accident either that, <laughs> that, uh, Ryan Johnson, you know, wrote that that throne room scene and then followed it up with a, a scene where Kylo screams about, you know, blasting every weapon they have at Luke Skywalker. <laughs> like it's not a guy who's really teetering on the edge of of becoming something better in that moment, you know? Yeah. Um, you wrote yup. So I guess you uh, agree with that. <laughs> I do. Like, um, you know, it's not just that he has the chance to like help Ray. In that scene, like, you know, Ray is like pleading for him to, you know, help her and assumes that's what's going to happen. Um, But then he like just basically like with and there's no Snoke here to blame this on. He just becomes like emotionally abusive to her and like. Um, you know, well, you're not special, but but I guess I think you are. You're special mm-hmm. to me. You're not special to anyone else but me. And like that's I mean, it's just your only hope to be valued by another human being is to be valued by me is essentially what he tells her. Yeah. And yeah. And that's like I mean, that's just again, like one of those um, just like a horrible, toxic thing. And um you know, like, thankfully, like, Ray is strong enough to, despite being, you know, she's elated for a moment and then just, like, heartbroken when he decides to uh, to go that way. Um, but, I mean, she's strong enough to be like, no, no, <laughs> like, yeah. No, and um you know he yeah like he had his chance but like that i think that is like the most telling scene in the film about like what you know what he really wants and like who he really is and I think, you know, at at the end of the day, like, he's just, he's not a good person. Um, like, he's actually a very, very bad person, like, to his core. Um, and yes, like, there are, there are reasons why he became this, like, awful human being. And, like, those reasons are like totally understandable and sad 
situationally um you know like his parents not being there for him and um you know snoke interfering and luke not being a good enough teacher like that's all and like just the you know weight of his lineage like that's all incredibly tragic and it made him just something like pretty awful in the end and that's not to say there won't be like small redemption like i mean and like him coming to terms or to peace with who he is but like i mean i don't think the movie is going to go out of its way to you know convince the audience that it you know he's actually good yeah i don't think that's possible like i don't even think that's an option yeah i don't think so either and uh while we're on that subject it's like then who would the villain be also um you know like if if kylo i i think one of the very legitimate complaints about um revenge of the sith is that anakin's a good guy in that movie and then all of a sudden he's not anymore you know i mean you do have 10 minutes i guess maybe where he's sort of crying on a balcony and 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 you know contemplating what do i do in this moment do i go fight mace windu do i go save mace windu whatever um you have that beautiful scene between with him and padme it's sort of echoing each other on the balconies and all that like that contemplation but Mm -hmm. um really it's like two and a half movies of anakin being a hero a complex hero, a hero who has conflict within him and all that stuff. But then all of a sudden, you know, to me, I remember very much in the summer of 2005 feeling like, whoa, that just like kind of happened like out of nowhere. He just turned on a dime sort of thing, you know? Um, And and thinking about episode nine, it's like, well, uh, Kylo has got to be, I think the villain of episode nine. So, and, 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 and the conclusion of the return of the Jedi really worked because it's like you have Luke, who's the true hero, and you have Palpatine, who's the true villain, and then you have Vader, who obviously very villainous himself, but is kind of in between there, very much like Kylo was in between Snoke and Rey mm-hmm. uh, in the Last Jedi. But now that 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 puppet master character is out of the equation, I don't understand really what that redemption kind of arc and scene or series of scenes looks like in Episode Nine. Like he's leading the bad guys, the good guys. And the bad guys have conflict, you know, there's there's a confrontation, then sort of what is he seeing happening or what what's gonna occur that would cause him to say, I'm just gonna drop my sword and join the other side, you know? It just doesn't really make sense. It seems very odd to me that the the leader of the other side is going to leave and join, you know what I mean? Because he's the one who's directing it all. It's like his vision, you know. Um I guess it's possible there's some other big villain in episode nine that we just don't know about yet, but but otherwise, it just seems like an odd sort of, you know, um, scenario uh, in which he would turn. And I guess that's, you know, to kind of wrap up this first sort of bullet point in the case against redemption, it's like mm-hmm. that scenario already occurred in The Last Jedi in which he would turn and then he didn't do it, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that's sort of the thing. Um, Luke appears to him in a nonviolent capacity. All Kylo wants to do is murder him. Um Kylo immediately, you know, grabs the power in this power vacuum. If he didn't want to be like this bad guy leading the first order, this evil first yeah. order, he could just let Hux do it. You know what I mean? Yep. Hux is the one who wants to do it. And if, if really all he wants to do is like 
be spiritual and like listen to Evanescence and sort of consider what he should do like going forward. <laughs> he could do that. But instead he's like, no, I will force choke you, Hawks. And then I will say, blast every gun we have at Luke Skywalker. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't, he just seems to be still this raged filled villain, maybe even more so um, after taking Snoke out than he did before. Yeah. And I mean, like, <laughs> and the him becoming supreme leader is like extra ridiculous when you consider like three minutes before he's talking to Ray about like oh, let's forget the resistance forget the first order like that's all meaningless and that's again it's just like it just feels like him either just being like I mean like just emotionally manipulative and because he doesn't want to forget the first order like he wants to take that power and do I, it i mean the counter argument i guess is that it that sort of shows just how lost he really is you know because mm -hmm. it's like he's he's yo-yoing all over the place to mm -hmm. a certain extent like let's burn the first order down. Let's not even like, who cares? Like let's, let's forget about the past and do something new. And then two seconds later, he's like, make me the leader of this organization. Um, yeah. so he is kind of bouncing around, but, uh, but yeah, he, he is lost, but I think that's, you know, the fact that he's super lost is, is more compelling evidence that he's going to stay lost and, and not be redeemed, you know? So, um, yeah. And I think like, just again, like I'm like so heavily against the idea of him being like getting the full redemption mm -hmm. where he's like he ends episode nine like alive and you know in a in a in a beach house with Ray. Like I'm so incredibly against that because we've like what you were just saying like we've seen him bounce around so much that it's like i mean how like seriously like if if Raylo was to happen like uh, the first like argument they had as a couple like who's to say he's not going to just like force choke her or something like like how could how could you ever trust that man yeah yeah, no, I th I do think so. yeah, I think you're right, and I think it would be a weird message to send too, that like we watch this this guy be truly you know awful for two and a half movies, and uh, the conclusion of that is you end up with the most pure and you know inspiring, <laughs> wonderful person in the galaxy. Like that's your reward for, you know, um, murder and fascism and. Uh, you know, rage and all that stuff. It just seems like a, it doesn't really add up. Um, yeah. Like to, to up. end up putting Ray in essentially an abusive relationship mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is like, that's like too depressing to even imagine. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, we do have a couple more points yeah. uh, against, in, in, you know, arguing against okay. redemption. I think sort of everything we've said so far is basically that the Last Jedi doubles down on, on, on Kylo uh, being the the villain of this um, sequel trilogy. Uh, I, I would just, you know, sort of leave that 
uh, or, or final point on that subject is that I think when I watched The Force Awakens, he did the most awful thing, you know, for fans that we could imagine, which is that he murders his own father, the beloved character of Han Solo. But even then I thought to myself, is he being manipulated? And mm-hmm. after he did it, did he feel like, oh my God, that was the wrong thing to do? I thought after The Force Awakens, even it's almost like, oh, he's done the most awful thing he could do. Maybe that's the, that's the he hit rock bottom. And now he's going to start, you know, his arc back toward the light. I feel like The Last Jedi doubles down on, on the fact that he's, he's, he's villainous and, and, and mm-hmm. awful. It, it doesn't continue a move away from that. It, it toys with that idea. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it hints to the audience that that might be what's happening. But in the end, I feel like actually yeah. it doubles down on him being a rage-filled villain. Um, yeah. So there's that. Okay. I mean, like, and he's, you know, he's definitely feeling something when Ray closes the figurative and literal door on him mm-hmm. in, like, those final scenes there. And what a way to end The Last Jedi if the ultimate plan is for them to end up on the beach house together. You know what I mean? Like you said, mm-hmm. like, it's a weird conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, oh, one more thing about the villain vacuum. Um, like, I do think, and this is something that is kind of weird, and I don't think it's working for everyone, but, like, in the event that Kylo Ren is just... I don't think the Episode Nine needs Kylo Ren as a villain. I think he is going to be the villain, but I don't think that if he wasn't, then there'd be, you know, you know, there'd be no story there because like the villain is the first order who are just massive and they are like, you know, coming down on this, um, you know, basically a single ship of resistance and you know it's it seems like we're gonna get a few more allies in episode nine but like the resistance like destroyed basically the united nations and has just is just like taking over by like pure military might and i think that is a like that is a villain, but there's not like a face on it because it's not Hux. Like Hux is a buffoon. Um, but um, I mean, yeah, like it's, it's, it's Kylo, but also I think like even with him eliminated, like Kylo dying is not going to put a bow on the end of this story. Um, and I know like people like watching people come to Star Wars for like the characters, not necessarily the galactic politics and conflict and stuff, but that's a side of it that I really like. And it's, you know, something I actually liked in the prequels. Um, but, you know, there still is this like issue of like, okay, so Kylo dies, do, do the, the resistance just like lay down their arms? Like the first order. The first order, yeah. yeah. Um, you know. Well, see, I see what you mean by that, and and I agree with you to a certain extent, but at the same time, I feel like the Star Wars formula is that we've got like our our sort of multiple storylines kind of going in the conclusion or in the in the the um 
oh my god what's the uh crescendo climax the climax yeah we've yeah. got those sort of multiple storylines going in and it's like well the intergalactic political battle whatever like you're gonna see um a space battle or whatever kind of battle that's going to sort of solve that or resolve that but then you also have to have the personal conflict too and i, mm-hmm. I feel like you can't i don't think you can end episode nine with just like ray and finn especially Ray just flying a starship and in, in blowing up a death star, like Luke does at the end of a new hope. And, and like, well, there you go. I think you, you have to have that battle between the first order and the resistance, but it's, it's almost separate from the battle between in, in a way that like, you know, the battle between Vader and, and Palpatine and Anakin, I mean, uh, and Luke at the end of return of the Jedi. I mean, obviously it's very, it's very much connected to what's happening between the rebellion and the empire. But in another sense, it's, it's almost totally separate. Like, it's a very personal thing that's happening there. And I just can't imagine an episode nine conclusion, you know, that doesn't involve some kind of intensely personal battle between good and evil. Right. Too. And that's going to be a part of it. But honestly, I don't think there's going to be that space battle because where things are left in episode eight is like, it's, it's not going to be the millennium Falcon taking out thousands of, of ginormous first order ships yeah, but but that presupposes i guess uh to quote the royal tenenbaums there that kind of presupposes that uh that that the 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 resistance we're gonna find in or the rebellion i think is what they'll be called but the rebellion we're gonna find in episode nine is gonna be the same one we left in the last jedi yeah and if they, I, jump, I if they I, jump five years there's no reason to think like well the whole rebellion is just on that millennium falcon you know yeah, and I think we're going to get some more allies. Like we're going to get Lando, and I think they're going to pull like some some small scale stuff. But when you think about like even in like A New Hope, blowing up the Death Star, like that sucks for the Empire, but they still have an iron grip on the galaxy. Like they lost the super weapon, but they still have all these like occupied planets and they still have all these star destroyers and everything. And I think there could be like a smaller scale, like blowing up, um, you know, some important, like even bigger um, first order ship or whatever. But like the fact remains that they like have tens of thousands of ships and like total occupation of all these planets and you know they they well, so have then how them. do you how do you undo that then in episode that's 10? what i'm that's what i'm asking and i think it could be like the supreme leader you know in his dying breaths calls for a surrender like i think that in this movie the um you know the the galactic conflict stuff is going to be more pronounced than in the in the previous films hmm. i because i think it it's going to have to be okay or like i mean or is it going to be like kylo ren dies ray and finn and poe and rose and bb8 and chewie and lando are all stoked and then they're still under the grip of the first order. Like the galaxy is still being run by this like awful fascist regime. Yeah. No, nah, I, I mean, to me, it just seems like it'll be 
it'll very much echo the original trilogy you know things maybe get the most complex in the empire strikes back and then by the by the conclusion of the of the trilogy it's it's back to I, I think it's going to be more broad storytelling than The Last Jedi by a large degree, probably, uh, in a lot of ways. I don't know. That's just my feeling. But um, in the same way that, you know, we, no, we didn't really question the end of Return of the Jedi until 2015. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like, well, they blew up the Death Star. That meant it was over, you know? But you, you could have been sitting well, in 1982 was more... saying the same thing. Like, you got a whole giant empire. They've got all these planets and systems. Like, okay. yeah, but I... you know, it's not how this Star Wars broad storytelling really works sure but i think it was also more of like vader's dead and the emperor's dead like yeah that okay so then hux and like, kylo yeah and snoke snoke's already out so we don't have to worry about that part of it you know what I yeah mean? but i think so. i think that the storytelling now would need to address it in some way i think the audience expectations in 1983 are different than the audience expectations now mm -hmm. in like resolution especially after we you know we're told in you know 2015 like actually like a bunch of these empire guys just like flew out to the nether regions or the yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. and like just started building up the fleet again like right. they just kept like doing the same thing and then 30 years later after kidnapping a bunch of kids and they just like rolled onto the scene like i think i i think it's i think the only retribution or redemption that um kylo's gonna get is he's going to he's going to issue the surrender order for the first order and because like there's there's no way it's not a one-to-one -one battle it's not even guerrilla warfare like it's just the the massive scope of the first order is just it's too much yeah but i feel like yeah i hear you i do hear you and i think i can accept that from a i can i can accept that from a certain perspective but at the same time it's like your to me your own argument there is kind of like contradicting what you're what you're saying because it's like uh, it, the the first order is so massive that the only way for them to really lose is for kylo to like throw the towel in mm -hmm. uh, for them but at the same time it's like even if kylo does that you figure if there's hundreds of thousands of first order bad guys especially in star wars because i feel like in star wars like the bad guys are truly bad guys you know like mm -hmm. do they really all of a sudden just like peacefully lay down their arms and say oh, okay never mind i guess fascism wasn't the way to go because kylo decided to throw the towel in like that doesn't make any then, sense either yeah you know? that's fair if if, it, if 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 these two sides are truly that uneven you know where the resistance is this tiny little thing and then the first order is this giant monolith like you know uh imperial power then i i don't know i, I feel like they've got to be somehow back on some kind of more even uh, footing here in episode nine but um, like does it does the conflict end when every single first order soldier is killed no no definitely not i think the conflict ends when you see both the personal and the larger scale battles go in the favor of the rebellion which is what we saw in you know jedi yeah it was like i mean that didn't really make sense either but it made sense in star wars you but, know what I mean? and, but you know like it it doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. But then you look at like 
the cyclical cyclical cycle god damn it um <laughs> the cycle of um violence and wars that have you know been a part of many countries including our own history for you know definitely as long as we've been alive and as long as our parents have been alive like you know it's we've been in just like constant states of war like you know sometimes with the same people sometimes with different people sometimes back to those people from before um like it it doesn't really change and it doesn't end yeah and i think like you know if they do that again and then in 30 years we get episode 10 and it's like you know it's the from the ashes of the first order rose this like well yeah that's kind of the way it goes <laughs> yeah like yeah. i don't know yeah but okay. i yeah we can move on this is getting like way off kylo but i still think it's going to be an important thing to consider and like he's like putting him as like the only villainous presence in the film like i think is like a disservice to the other stuff they're building up okay all right okay um i do have a quote from jj in 2016 here um and this would have been after i believe this would have been definitely after he would have read the script for the last jedi so mm-hmm. even the last jedi wasn't released or even filmed yet um i feel mm-hmm. like jj would have known the the direction kylo was heading in um he said that han was close to successfully convincing kylo to forsake the first order and come back with him but deep down he's gone too far kylo's gone too far um so you know i think i guess if you want to be pro redemption you could say well he just said han was close to successfully convincing (laughs) but i think um you know the conclusion of that sentence is is the more important part which is that deep down he's gone too far he can't be redeemed and that's from the guy who not only created the character of kylo ren but is uh, responsible for writing his conclusion so i think that's got some some weight to it um, I would also say that he killed his own father. He wiped out a village of innocence. He clearly committed numerous other authoritarian atrocities. Um, how do you give him a do-over and welcome him into the resistance as long as he decides or, or claims, I won't do those, all those, the murder, the fascism, the, <laughs> the atrocities, the, you know, uh, the genocide. I'm done with that now. Okay. I, I don't think you can just say, well, all right, if, as long as you're done now, then, then fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, and, and you kind of, I think have been beating this drum too. Um, at least tonight, the only way to redeem him is through death. Um, right. I mean, I don't, I don't see how he can be redeemed and then go, you know, hang out with the good guys. Yeah. And I mean, especially like, <laughs> um, you know, in in real life, I'm like anti death penalty, mm-hmm. um, but in like the the verbiage of Star Wars storytelling, um, like I think the way that Star Wars storytelling works and the like the the way character arcs go and stuff, like I don't see any anything but death. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, I I mostly agree. I mean, I, yeah, I do agree. But like, I, just with the caveat that like, 
I'm totally open to something else if, if it works, sure. you know, so, sure. but, but as far as my little mind can, can wrap, you know, itself around this situation, it's like, it seems like he's got it. It's gotta be that. Um, yeah, I think it's gotta be, uh, but that being said, I can't, I just cannot see Ray killing Kylo. Uh, I don't want to see Ray killing Kylo to be honest mm. with you. Um, like for her to use her lightsaber to deliver that fatal blow to Kylo Ren, I just think that's a uh, that's kind of nihilistic and and lacks um, hope and light for a character like Ray to to be responsible for doing something like that. You know, so even if he does have to die, even if he does die, how does it happen? You know, almost to me, that's almost an argument in favor of redemption because I feel like he will die, <laughs> or he should, or could die, but it can't be just like he's bested in a, to quote Count Dooku, you know, he's bested in, his, <laughs> in a, in a test of his skills with a lightsaber. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't think that can be how it goes either. You know? Uh, yeah. Imagine Ray doing the deed. I think I know have too like, many implications for her as a character. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it will be like incredibly emotional and challenging for her. But I think, like she has to have the the inner strength and the knowledge that she's probably the only one who can do it, which is a heavy burden. It's an unfair burden on her, but like he's he's not going to get like shot down in a ship by Poe Dameron. Like no, yeah, no. I mean, it's. Basically. But I think I think his I, sorry to cut you off there, but yeah. I think I think his own self-destructive nature could be somehow sure. responsible for his death, though. You know, kind of. I mean, to a certain extent, you could say that about Anakin, uh, Darth Vader, or whatever in in Revenge of the Sith. It's like, I mean, yeah, Obi Wan actually did swing that lightsaber and cut off three of his four limbs and watch him slide backwards yeah. into a pit of lava. <laughs> Obi Wan did it, but at the same time, it was like. Anakin launched himself at Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan yeah, when like, Obi-Wan had the higher ground, <laughs> which is just absurd on Anakin's part. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like it was yeah. almost like Anakin, his stubbornness and his selfishness and his, yeah. his determination to be self-destructive is yeah, really what did him in there. You know what? That's, that is such a good analogy. Cause like Obi-Wan didn't want to do that. Right. Like it, it it like killed him to do that and like you i mean and that like that is like that is you know prequels aren't perfect but god like the emotion from ewan mcgregor during so many of those those parts um not necessarily the um super mario brothers level where they're jumping across platforms over lava um but like <laughs> those those final moments where he's just like god he did not want to do that but he also knew like if he didn't like cut down anakin there like who who else was going to yeah. like yeah, and I, I think I do. I do think uh, I wish I had thought of some examples or an example, but I do think it, it's a thing that happens in films and storytelling like this, where you have a villain who sort of undoes themselves, not intentionally, not like you know, take the takes their own life or something, but 
um, just out of stubbornness or a refusal to mm-hmm. accept help from the hero. Yeah. And, you know, sealing their own fate. And I think it could be something like that with Kylo. And, and then um, Ray doesn't have to be actually responsible for like, you know, dealing out a killing blow to, to Kylo. I mean, so, you know, like something the like most, that. The most cliche and tropey example, this is probably the, the hero holding the villain over the edge and their hands yes. are locked. And then like the villain lets go. So I can imagine, yeah, I can, or, or the, or the hero just, even though they're intending to save that person, they're not able to do it and, and drop some or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I could see something like that, but something far more subtle, you know what I mean? But, but that sort of situation maybe. Um, yeah. But I think, thing- I think Ray will pursue that fight with the intent of killing Kylo Ren. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Or she'll be forced into that fight and it will be survival. Right. Like I don't see episode nine ending without a duel between those two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I want to see that. The other thing too, um, like we've kind of established here, it seems like the only way he could be redeemed is, is through death. And mm-hmm. one of the problems I have with that too is sort of like, well, that's how the last trilogy ended. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you watch the Star Wars saga, it's like, well, there's the prequels and Anakin turns bad and he becomes Darth Vader. But then at the end of episode six, the bad guy decides I won't be bad anymore. And then he dies, you know? Um, so then to come back and do seven, eight and nine and, and do another trilogy and then have it be like ultimately the story of a bad guy who decides in the end, like, well, I won't be bad anymore, but I will also die because the things I've done are too bad to, it just seems like you're telling the same story as far as the villain goes in both trilogies, if that's how it ends. Um, the prequels, like you just said a few moments ago, they definitely have faults, but I don't think one of them is that they just repeat the story of the original trilogy. You know, mm-hmm. it's a pretty different um, series of movies in terms of, of what it's attempting to do. Um, and it, it sort of is, you know, not to get into the ring theory stuff and all that, but mm-hmm. it's it's sort of like there is a mirror between episode three and four, you know, to a certain extent. Um, but that's not a repetition of just like one, two, three, and then we'll just do the same things in four, five, six. But here it would kind of feel like it's like, well, you had four, five, six, and there's a lot of people that feel like The Force Awakens sort of restates the story of mm-hmm. A New Hope. So then if the last, I mean, if uh, episode nine kind of in key ways just sort of you know, retells the story of, of episode nine. I wouldn't say this, but I, I would empathize with people who would be like, well, what was the point of making that, you know, trilogy of movies? You just, uh, you know, essentially told the same story again. Um, and, yeah. and I don't think that's very, I don't think that's the best they can do. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, it's, I'm torn because you know, traditionally, I've always sort of felt like, you know, I like I like the Star Wars brand of storytelling. Like, I like the traditional, like, the, the Star Wars style of storytelling that, like, you know, they try to, they, you know, they get in the movies and then they try to, like, get in other media, like books or comics or, you know, video games, whatever. Um and I, you know, I, I like that, but then all of a sudden, like, and I like the, I like the rhyming, I like the, the cyclical nature of these things, um, you know, the, the balance, everything. 
but then you know recently like um last jedi through a lot of that um through a loop and you know changed a lot of you know it like for better or worse i think it defied everyone's expectations um and now like it did kind of make me feel like in the same way you're feeling when you're watching that movie it kind of makes you feel like anything is possible yeah and especially if we you know get into like time jumps and like broom boys and everything else like (laughs) um who knows Uh, yeah i think that's true i think that's true although i think there's an argument to be made that empire probably left audiences feeling the same way and then jedi was kind of a return to what people had known you know what i mean sure. um, i think there's some 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 truth to that and then um i also think that we can't and, and this is kind of the last point that i have here in our in our uh notes and we're running out of time so i sure. guess that's good but uh the, the last kind of note that i have here is that like this is not only the end of the sequel trilogy this is the end of the skywalker saga at the end of the Skywalker saga. And to me, that sort of suggests sort of suggests no more Skywalkers, right? Mm-hmm. We're down to one right now. I mean, I guess we're down to two because we have Leia and 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 Ben Solo, but um yeah. you know, we know Carrie Fisher's not with us anymore. So we're we're kind of down to one Skywalker here. Um, how do you end the Skywalker saga while also redeeming the final Skywalker and that final Skywalker continues to live in you know, some sort of redeemed life. I I don't know how that works either. You know, I just have a lot of questions when it comes to episode nine. That's actually great. Like, I love the fact Mm -hmm. that I have so many questions when it comes to episode nine and I, I can't predict what they're going to do. I can predict like five different ways that they might end the movie or, or sort of wrap up this saga, but uh, I really can't. I lean slightly more towards redemption, but uh, I mean, against redemption, Mm -hmm. um, but I can really see it going either of those ways or in some other way that I haven't really devised yet. And I think that's pretty exciting, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, it's hard to, um, it's, it's hard to kind of like, uh, lay my chips down or whatever on, on the idea that the Skywalker saga is going to end with the final Skywalker walking off into the sunset in peace and harmony, redeeming yeah. himself and now becoming a good guy. Cause that just sounds like the opportunity for more Skywalker saga films, not a conclusive conclusion to the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Also that would make me puke. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, there's that but, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think I would be less offended uh, by that part of like Kylo Ren dying with some slight redemption, a small thing, or or even just dying cold and alone and scared. Like, <laughs> also, I would I I wouldn't feel bad about it. It would be kind of just desserts. Um, like th- it, this is the consequence of your actions which is a little bit nihilistic, but I mean, like you, when you've just hurt so many people, like, uh, yeah. So I think, but him, him dying, him dying with a small redemption, like that doesn't really, 
Um, like that rhyming with episode six doesn't really bother me as as much. Like it it doesn't. Um, okay. But you know, again, at the end of the day, like everything we've talked about here, um, like I I have a few like non negotiables. Like dude does not get Ray. Like <laughs> that that does Raylo does not happen. That is non-negotiable um like no um (laughs) like yeah but pretty much you know anything that we've said um like i'm hoping that anything we've just talked about doesn't actually happen and that i'm surprised and hopefully pleasantly surprised in the theater in the same way I was with the last Jedi because that movie like was, there was no way I could have expected everything in that movie. And um, yeah, I, I would love to feel that way coming out of episode nine. I think so too, but I also don't think that's very realistic just because I think their their purpose and their goal here is quite a bit different than The Last Jedi in the sense that they yeah. have the responsibility of wrapping up this entire saga. So mm-hmm. I think it is going to feel familiar. Um, I don't mm-hmm. want it to feel familiar in the sense that it's just the ending of Return of the Jedi all over again, but I think it probably does have to echo that in a lot of ways. In the same way that Return of the Jedi kind of echoes A New Hope, really, in a lot of ways. And, yeah. and I feel you know, Force Awakens and, and Episode 9. Maybe we'll do the same. We'll see. Uh, before we go, though, I do want to share a little bit of feedback we got um, from two friends of the show here because um, I had kind of put out uh, a call for for feedback a couple weeks ago. Uh, we were we were originally going to record this episode a little sooner than we did. So, um, mm-hmm. friend of the show, uh, Jeremy, um, Twitter handle at Jeremy Boyce, J E R E M Y B O I S, who hosts the uh, the uh, Abraham Lincoln um, podcast uh, that I guested on a couple months back, and we'll link to in the show notes here. If you're uh, a fan of uh, of American history, you can check that out. But um, uh, Jeremy tweeted, he and Ray are the deepest, most nuanced and nuanced and most interesting characters in Star Wars, not because of plot or dialogue, but because Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley are massive talents, sipping calf waiting to be proven wrong. Um, and uh, uh, I enjoyed that response, but I have to say, like, I, I, I have no intention of trying to prove him wrong on that one because, um, boy, that's just uh, true facts. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. Adam Driver and Daisy are, Daisy Ridley are, they're both amazing. They're both incredible. Um, and I think one of the, one of the most important um, elements of putting this whole saga together was, uh, you know, casting it. And they just, I can't imagine uh, a better outcome for uh, actors playing either of those roles. They're both incredible. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, Jeremy, we, we definitely agree with you on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, um, we also got some feedback from, um, Kevin, uh, our you know, friend of the show, Kevin, other uh, Kevin, other Kevin, Kevin in Japan, Kevin. Yeah. Japan, Kevin, Japan, Kevin. Yeah. And, uh, his Twitter handle is, uh, at hobby drifter. 
And uh, his response to our question there about um, Kylo and, and sort of where Kylo's going to go is, he said the entire lineage of the uh, prequel trilogy and the original trilogy, Sith and Jedi, are now contained entirely within Kylo Ren. His family was trained by Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, and Darth Sidious. They started and ended both the Empire and the Rebellion. I find this fascinating. Uh, he went on to say that he thinks they will get, or, or Kylo will get a happy ending. He'll go from let the past die to the past is gone, but it shouldn't be forgotten. Um, Kevin goes on to say, I could see him starting a new Jedi Order with Rey, free of the dogma of the previous Order. Um, so that's a different take than ours, yeah. I think. It's definitely I mean, a different I, take I, than I ours. Really like the, I really like the first part um, of that, and like that's a super interesting way to to think about it, that like he... Kylo does kind of encompass mm-hmm. all of it. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's intentional. I think it's a really yeah. smart idea. Yeah. Um, and it does seem like a waste to, to create a character like that, just to throw it away in the end, you know, what's yeah. the point of having a character embody everything um, just to, in the long run, decide he'll die like any other chump villain, you know? Yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, like God and the devil are raging inside him. Uh, (laughs) brand new reference there. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, um, but I feel like as far as like him and Ray starting the new, a new Jedi order, like that ship sailed, that ship sailed in that, in that throne room. Like there's, that's, that can't happen at this point. I think so. I mean, and that was the choices, not just of Kylo, but of Ray as well. Yeah. Uh, Yep. Final, final comment from, from Kevin, Japan, Kevin, uh, new movies seem to be all about playing up and subverting expectations. Mm -hmm. We've seen a hero falls to the dark side. We've seen an absolute monster redeem himself before dying. We've never seen a redemption where the former monster survives and lives a full life. That's true. Um, it's hard for me to imagine actually seeing that also, mm-hmm. but it is true that we've never seen it before. And it is true that uh, at least the last Jedi seems to be about subverting expectations. So um, a- another compelling thought as far as uh, where Kylo could go. So uh, I think we, we kind of need to wrap it up here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I what's, what's your final takeaway, Ryan, as far as Kylo goes? <laughs> now, now I'm like thinking about like, how could he live out his final like his final days like i mean maybe he i don't know maybe him living his final days in obscurity maybe he you know gets a gets a galen or so type farm uh you know away from everything maybe he i don't think it's conclusive enough though maybe maybe he just hangs out in well, I mean, there's been the talk of like, does he like go hang out in Darth Vader's castle? <laughs> like, oh man, I don't know if we've talked about that on the show, like, or not, but I definitely um, tweeted someone's making the whole vibe. Yeah, I'm extremely pro <laughs> Kylo Ren in Darth Vader's castle in any capacity. Like, I'm extremely pro Episode Nine concluding, like the final battle, kind of concluding at Darth Vader's castle on Mustafar. That is like Goosebump City. Oof. Oh my God. 
Did we yeah. talk about that on the on the last episode? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. Like I'm I mean, I, I don't know if I talked about it or I'm just always thinking about it. <laughs> like <laughs> sometimes I just say it out loud at work. <laughs> oh, Kyle's kindergarten <laughs> castle. Like what yeah. I'm teaching. I just gaze off into the distance. Yeah. Um no, final thoughts. Like it's it's great that things are like this complicated where mm. like we are like I mean, this is the first time, like, really in our lifetimes we've had this Star Wars experience of, like, because, you know, we had the prequels, but we knew how the prequels were going to end. And, you know, neither of us, you know, were there in 1977 for A New Hope to follow, like, all of that, you know, through as, like, you know, movie viewers. Um, so this is like the first time we're getting this experience and it's, um, it's exciting. It's terrifying. Um, like, God, like what happens if they, you know, like flub this landing or go in a, like, you know, it, it ends in a way that's like satisfying to a lot of people, but isn't to us. Like that's pretty pretty scary Mm -hmm. um you know it that was kind of how i felt like rolling into force awakens like oh god what if this movie sucks like or what if it's good and i don't like it like which you know was you know some people's experience with it and and, that sucks (laughs) like so far i feel like i've been fortunate because i've enjoyed like basically everything um i don't know like it's but it's also just like exciting and it's going to you know once we have the full picture like i think the like discourse and conversations around it are just going to be fascinating for like years to come yeah yeah i'm hoping for something with uh enough depth and complexity um that it will have a lasting resonance in the way that the the conclusion to the uh, to Return of the Jedi does, mm-hmm. and uh, Return of the Jedi takes a lot of heat for I, th- I feel like from people for I mean it also gets a lot of love no doubt but um, mm-hmm. th- there are a lot of people who who kind of think it's you know definitely the weakest of the original trilogy etc. Um, but I think it's it's kind of astounding how that movie is both really sort of like. Uh, fun popcorn like satisfying broad movie going audience you know concluding uh, conclusion to the star wars trilogy and yet also you know features that throne room scene and features like i'm a jedi like my father before me and and features darth vader like Mm -hmm. turning to the to the light in 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 the Mm -hmm. end and it 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 really kind of straddles both worlds i think really well um Mm -hmm. nothing tops luke uh luke skywalker almost killing his own father looking at his his father's robotic hand and his robotic Mm -hmm. hand sort of like you know choosing to throw his weapon away i mean like nothing tops that ever and yet at the same time it's also the same movie that ends with ewoks battling stormtroopers and winning and another death you know what i mean it's it's both so simple and broad and also so just like uh, deep and 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 poetic and and beautiful um, mm-hmm. at the same time, and so I that's what I hope for with episode nine. Yeah, um, I don't know what it looks like for Kylo Ren, but I hope for something that can kind of meet that criteria. Um, I I 
I feel like he is the villain of the sequel trilogy, and he's one that's complex. I, I guess what I guess what I'm trying to say here is that um, I think he's he's probably my favorite Star Wars villain. But that doesn't yeah. mean I, I want him to all of a sudden become a good guy just because I like him so yeah. much. You know, yeah. Um, I, I think that the story needs to be told in a way that is satisfying and makes sense and uh, and is is fair um, to all of the characters and to the entire saga and not just um, to Kylo Ren, who kind of I mean, you know, it's, it's a tragic story, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, you know, I, I feel like maybe he's he's gone too far, as JJ said in 2016. So that's where I'm at uh, as far as if I have to make predictions. But um, I'm 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 glad I'm not writing it because I don't think I could, <laughs> I could write a I feel for Colin Trevorrow. Um, not yeah. so much after seeing Jurassic World too, but uh, but but it, uh-huh. just when considering this stuff, I feel for <laughs> for for Colin Trevorrow and anybody who has to try to come up with a satisfying conclusion to this. So, you know, yeah. I, I don't I don't have a firm position on on where I think it's gonna where where I think it's gonna go. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if I have to choose, I say he's not redeemed and and he's the he really is the villain of this series of movies. But I also say it's a Skywalker saga and he's a Skywalker. And so we need a satisfying conclusion to his story. That's not just the bad guy is defeated because that's every kind of action movie series. And mm. this needs to be something more than that. Um, so I truly, I truly don't know, but uh, I, it's, it's, uh, it's really compelling and exciting to think about, you know, where they might end up taking it. And uh, I'm definitely here to, 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 you know, to kind of follow and, and go along with this and, and go for the ride and, and see what happens. So, um but we do have to call it here so uh uh thanks very much for for watching and uh for listening thanks ryan for for joining me tonight uh if you want to check out more episodes or just kind of find out what's going on with our podcast uh our site is blockaderunnerpodcast.com um you can email us if you have thoughts on this episode or episode nine or you know whatever um you want to send in and and our email address is blockaderunnerpodcast@gmail.com. Uh, our podcast is on Twitter at Blockade Run. Ryan, you're on Twitter at Braun Dwarf, B-R-A-W-N-D-W-A-R-F. All right. So uh, we'll be back soon with another episode of the Blockade Runner podcast. Bye.